Welcome to the North Point Plus podcast. Uh, this is episode 100. Woo! 100. Yeah, I am your uh, guest host, Brent Conlon. I'm here with Jake Howard today. Hey, hey. Um, and so we are, we started a new sermon series yesterday, um, Where's God? Yeah. And specifically uh, talking about the book of Job yesterday. Um Want to give us uh, a little rundown on what you talked about yesterday? Yeah, I'm going to work the little buttons over here. I never get to nice. push the buttons. Nice. I'm I was, kind of you excited. Know, I'm in a yeah. different side here. I know. I have to I'm get the Rick's little screen. Yeah, so we'll, we'll give a little sneak peek here. There's a screen I'm going to try and point directly across that I get a look at uh-huh. and see from the camera angles over there. And so, like, I sat here so I could push the little buttons. I never get to push the buttons. I don't know why. They don't trust I gotta, me. And I got to tell you, I don't like that I can't see the oh, screen yeah. that I look at. Yeah. Like I want to sit like this. <laughs> <laughs> make sure. Well, here let's have let's take a look. We'll put you on there mm. so you can see. Make sure I don't have anything hanging make out of my sure, nose. Yeah, no, like broccoli or anything. Yep. The teeth, right? And then we got yep. all of us and over here. They're never going to let me push buttons again <laughs> after this. But that's okay. So we're talking about Job. Yep, we're talking about Job. Kicking off our new Job series. Uh, where is God? Um, and we're really going to spend. I think it's about five weeks looking through the Book of Job. Uh, Job has multiple chapters. It's got a lot of dialogue, uh, especially in the middle there. We're not going to deep dive all the way into all. Of that dialogue, we're kind of take maybe a 500 or 1,000 foot approach to it to just kind of say, hey, what's the things that they really talked about? What do they mean, the arguments and this or that? Uh, but we kicked it off yesterday, just just only going through chapter one of the story of Job. Um, and it's a unique story because we talked about the fact of when does Job take place? And I think that's really important because uh, the book of Job in the Bible is uh, in this, what's called the wisdom literature piece of it, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, like all right in there. And so there are these wisdom sayings and ideas, some philosophy, and Job has a lot of that. But like Job actually took place during the same time period in a different part of the world as Abraham. So like when you look at world history and salvation history, like Job is way over here at the beginning, like way before all of the kings, way before um, Moses and Exodus and Egypt and all that stuff is like Job. And then to try and put in that context, everything that's happening just kind of sheds new light on it. Mm-hmm. All the things that Job didn't have information on of what God was doing. Um, but basically what we have is, is Job shows up. He's great. Like everything about this guy is fantastic. He's got like a Mr. Rogers um, kind of personality that everybody just loves. He wants the right thing. Like that's how everybody viewed Mr. Rogers, right? Um, and yet he's also, um, he's got a ton of, of wealth. He's got all these sheep and cattle and, and, and servants and all these things. Um, and God says that there's nobody righteous like Job on all of the earth. That Job is this unique, special individual. The best of the East is what they call him. And... Uh, Satan shows up in, in when God told him like this business meeting and he kind of challenges that idea. Like, well, yeah, you've given Job everything and you've protected him from any harm. Like, yeah, of course he's going to be, you know, God fearing and trust you. You've given him everything. And so there's this idea of like, okay, is that what's really happening here? Is that what's going on? And so God allows Satan to test that. And Satan takes all of his life savings away takes his business away, like financially ruins Job in a matter of like that. He has servants come up to him. I think it's four servants that tell him the first three, uh, your job's gone, your money's gone, your savings gone, it's all gone. And then the last servant comes up and he says, oh, and by the way, your kids have all died as well. Like Satan actually kills his, his sons and daughters. Um, and then Job has this amazing response that is both lamenting and worshiping that he feels the the pain and the weight. Like, this is really, really difficult. And yet, he still doesn't curse God in that. He still basically says, like, blessed be the name of the Lord. Um, and how powerful that is. 
you know, so we kind of explored a little bit about that story and why it would have been and stuff like that. So that's kind of a five minute overview of a 30 minute talk, I guess. Yeah, we, I mean, the book of Job, it seems as though that's a, that's a story that a lot of people have a lot of issues with. You know, we've got, we only have a couple of questions today. One of them is a direct question about why people don't like the book of Job. I, I've, it's a tough read. Yeah. I struggled to get through the book of Job when I read it, but I, it did shape my view of Christianity, my, how I feel about, um, my belief system now, you know, basically there is a God, I'm not it. Yeah. I'm not him. And, um, and also this idea that, uh, well, for me, you know, I'm, uh, like a lot of people in culture today, I struggled with the story of the Bible. I've said this on the podcast before. I thought, Basically, I thought that the story of the Bible was uh, fiction. Mm-hmm. I believed in God, but uh, you know, I didn't believe in the rest of the stuff. And um, and so, I, at some point, I had to come to an idea that um, I'm either all in or I'm not. Mm. Either I believe the Bible completely, yeah, and I'm going to do my best to live in a in a way that uh, the you know that Jesus has set an example for us, or I'm not. And the book of Job, I think, is just a great example of that. You know, yeah. you're either all in in your belief and your faith or you're not. Um, so I, I happen to love this story. I know yeah. that a lot of people don't. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one because um, we want a more clear-cut answers for Job, really. Than we want answers. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing about this, yeah. right? Yeah. We want to know why would this happen? Why would God allow any of this? Right. It's, it's a weird thing because it's almost like as you read Job, um, you want... Because, it, I mean, the Bible makes no bones about it. Satan does the work, but God allows it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you want God to be accountable for this, of like, hey, give your reason why. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a fear, like, okay, if you did this to Job and he was so great, of course you could do it to me. So, like, let's define the game here a little bit more. And yet the it's not the answer you get isn't this, like, laid out, oh, here was God's plan. Right. The answer you get is, I'm sorry, you're not God. That's it. <laughs> and that's a hard pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. But when we when we like recognize and work through that, um, man, I think I think it just builds our faith even more. Yeah. But you were mentioning before this, like what Job's amount of knowledge that he actually had. What was his belief in the afterlife? You know. Yeah. For me, when I look at this kind of stuff, I think of it as, well, whatever Job went through. Or compare that to anything I've gone through in my life, which is nothing compared to what you know Satan does to Job. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I, I know that where I know where I'm going someday. It's a it's a yeah, and eternity. You know, anything we go through on this earth is nothing compared to an eternity up there um, with Him. And so that you know gives us some perspective. We don't know what Job's perspective was. Right. His faith was just you know incredible, even though. I, I know we're looking at this sermon series from the perspective of God's role in this, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, I do find Job's faith to just be mm-hmm. incredible. I mean, and the the other thing I see that when I look at this too is the evil of, of the devil. Oh, yeah. Like if he had his way, yeah. if you gave him his way, what would he do to us? Right. And you're looking at it. You are, yeah. You know? Yeah. To and, seek and kill and, and destroy. And destroy. Us. Yeah. And to take us away from God. Yeah. Or absolutely. to try as hard as he can. Right. So, yeah, there's just so much going on in that story. So, well, we do have a couple of questions. Yeah, let's do it. Let's dive in. Uh, the first one here, not so sure if this is the question or not, but yeah, uh, <laughs> this is fun. This signing, is fun. signing up for Rooted. Yeah. 
I had to give my cell phone carrier info. What kind of CIA operation are you running? I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Anonymous, on there. Uh, and thank you for signing up for Rooted. That's the best part. So uh, for those of you that don't know, Rooted is a study we're going to be doing um, this fall with all of our life groups. Um, it's not necessarily tied in with Sunday morning talks or anything like that. This is just for life groups. Um, and the whole point of Rooted is is that idea of diving deeper in your roots or helping to establish um, healthy rhythms of discipleship. And they're not like anything earth shattering, these, these rhythms in a lot of ways. Um, we know them uh, and I'm, it's not a secret. I can I'll talk about and tell what they are. You know, we talk about giving, we talk about serving, we talk about prayer and fasting and, and all these things that are like, well, yeah, no, we know that. We know this will help us in our walk with Jesus. We get that. And uh, what I think is so powerful about this is uh, a couple of things. One, um, none of us are probably great at all seven. And so the things that we're good at, it's it's going to be easy for us. But the things that we're not good at, so for like me, fasting, for instance, is not something that I've done a really good job of practicing in my life. I imagine I'm going to be really challenged come to the fasting portion of it. Um, so we'll study about it, why fasting is important. We'll talk about it in a group. And then the best part is we're actually going, I'm actually going to get a fast with my life group. So this isn't just something like I just studied. No, I'm actually going to study it, talk about it, and then do it. So we talk about serving. I'm going to study in my devotions about serving. I'm going to talk about it with my group, and then I'm going to go serve with my group. So like it's it's that experiential piece of we're actually going to do stuff together during this 10 weeks. Um, that has me super excited about Rooted um, because it's not just another study. It's something you're actually going to do. You're going to be hands-on with this. Mm-hmm. You're going to actually try things that maybe you haven't done before. And so I'm excited for Rooted um, to be a part of it. If, if you haven't signed up for it, um, you can. It'll be on the website. It's on the app. We got QR codes. You just check in there, uh, buy your book. There'll be our launch night. It's going to be September 10th where everybody's going to come together. That's a part of life groups. We're going to talk about it. You'll get your study book there, your devotional book. You'll get time with your life group, uh, and then we'll break off, and you'll start going and doing it and working with your group. But uh, it's going to be a really exciting thing. I'm, I'm pumped for what it means for us as a church this fall. So, uh, And the, the whole phone number thing, uh, you know, we just want to stay in contact. We want people in your group to stay in contact with you. And when I click the little button that said basic information, Information phone carrier was one of them, so that was how that got on there. <laughs> Less intentionality than there really would be there. <laughs> cool, cool. So, there you go. Rooted, join Rooted if you haven't. Yeah, when did you say that that starts? Uh, that will start um, with Life Group. September 10th will be the kickoff day. And so you'll see stuff every Sunday about this, whether it's uh, videos with stories, us passing out cards, um, or whatever it is. Like, we're going to try and really, really push there um, for everybody to be a part of it. So even if like, you're in a life group already, every life group is doing this. So we ask everybody to register so that we can make sure we have enough books for everybody. Um, but every life group will be doing this. Um, we even have a couple of women's only life groups. They're doing this as well. Okay. Um, but everybody will do it. And then it's 10 weeks. And then we'll go back to doing like sermon-based questions and stuff that we've done before. Okay. So. Cool. Yeah. All right. Second question. Yeah. This is the uh, meat potatoes. Yeah. Uh, how is it? How is it that uh, that loving? How is it loving of God to allow Satan to bring Job to ruin? If I allowed a stranger to come destroy all of my kids' stuff and ruin their lives just for the sake of a backroom wager to see if they truly love me, I'd be quite evil. Mm. Anonymous. Anonymous. Of course, anonymous. Come on. But I mean, I don't know that that needs to be an. I mean, I think. 
(laughs) irrelevant how much faith you have. That's a legitimate question. It is a good question, right? And and I think everybody asks this question. Um, It's not anonymous. It's all of us asking this question. Yep, um, exactly. In a lot of ways. And so I took a few notes here. I'm going to actually read some of these so that I make sure I have this as well thought out as possible for you. Good idea. uh, My first thing I wanted to ask here is, what is the issue or the question at hand that's actually between Satan and God? What's referred to as the backhand wager in this question? Uh, Like, what is the actual thing here? Um, And I think it's this question. It's, will human beings continue in a relationship with God in which all they gain from that relationship is God? Like, that's what Satan is coming to God and saying. He's saying, you have blessed Job with all of this stuff, so of course he loves you. Mm-hmm. But if you take the stuff away and it's just you, he's going to be like everybody else and just deny you, God. Like, you're not good enough by yourself, God, for humanity. Humans are way too selfish. Um, you're not really good enough alone. And what's interesting, to kind of draw a parallel, one of the things people love to talk about um, and have questions about that I don't have answers for most of the time is heaven as Christ followers, right? Like we're all anxiously awaiting to spend time uh, in heaven with God. And I get questions all the time. Uh, will my dog be in heaven? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, what does that mean? Uh, if no sickness, will, will sports be in heaven? Uh, will we be able to, I like to, you know, have good conversations and debate about philosophy and stuff. Will that be in heaven? Um, you know, what will, is it a real mansion? Will I get a real mansion? How old will I look and feel in heaven? Like all these things about heaven that are really fun and cool questions. Um, but typically what we morphed into is this time where we think about heaven in terms of the stuff right. or our own experience, and it's like we're missing the forest through the trees at times because what makes heaven heaven is God. Like if you had all of that stuff that was there, you know, there's no more sickness, no more pain, no more death, no more struggle, but God wasn't there, it's not heaven. What makes heaven heaven is the glory of God being being there. It's being in the presence of God that makes it worthwhile. Um, I think that's kind of in a similar way. Our driver uh, for worshiping and loving God should simply be who God is, whether or not he chooses to bless us or he chooses to take away from us. And that's the test that's really put at hand here between Satan and God. It's this idea that is God good enough? If we take all the stuff away, so go to the heaven analogy, if you took everything else away and just said, all you get in heaven is God sitting on a throne. Your maker. Your maker. Is that good enough for you? And that's kind of a hard question for us at times as Christians, right? Because now we kind of expect the good stuff of heaven or whatever, the good stuff of heaven. But the reality is God is is truly enough. He is enough. God is enough in and of himself, and that's ultimately what we land out in Job. So, So in light of that, it is not wrong for God to take away from Job. Like we look at this and we see that that Job had and was good and now God has allowed Satan to come in and just destroy that um, in a very dramatic fashion all at one time, like takes absolutely everything away. Um, And we think that's wrong. But the reality is Job did nothing to deserve God's blessings and he did nothing to lose them. This wasn't about Job's actions at all. Um, To have or not have any of this stuff, whether it was his kids, whether it was his money, whether it was his savings, his job, or whatever it is, God uh, blessed, period. Like Job doesn't have the right to complain because he didn't earn any of this stuff in the first place. God chose to bless Job, and Job understood that. That's why he said in verse uh, 21 of chapter 1, I think this is crucial to understanding all of Job, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Job understood that. Like he understood that it was so much bigger that he didn't have the right to question God, that all that was there, that it really wasn't about the stuff. It was about God in this moment. And so the question that we have at hand, is God loving for having removed the blessings of Job, for allowing Satan to be the vessel that takes it away? Because what if it wasn't Satan? What if it was, um, you know, my arch- 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 Archangel Michael who went down and did it, and it wasn't Satan, and, and he took all of that away? from Job at that point in time. You know, okay, well, it's, it's, it feels like it changes the story. Like it mm-hmm. being Satan seems to be kind of a big player there. Mm-hmm. But God would still be the one who it would be taking it away, allowing it to happen. Um, he didn't start it. This was Satan's idea, but God allowed it to happen. So there's responsibility there. So is God loving for removing all of this stuff from Job? I would argue yes, um, that God is actually loving, and I would do it this way. Uh, what is required of us is a relationship of loving God for who he is if we want to be in a right relationship with God. So if we want to be in a right relationship with God, we have to love God. God has to be the the uh, the apple of our eye. He has to be the one there. And, and really, excuse me, the saying that you hear with this is it's faith alone. It's trusting in God alone. That if faith, uh, then, so then in retrospect, if our faith is never actually tested, then how do we recognize if that love or that faith is actually genuine? And this is where I think suffering as Christ followers is actually a, a gift from God that would allow us um, to begin to really like take an inventory of where we're at in our relationship with God and can actually deepen that relationship. So uh, in a way, it is loving for God to allow us to suffer because it reveals our true relationship with God and exposes areas where we may lack faith so that we can grow in those areas. Um, so imagine, if you will, um, and I'll use something for me here, uh, if I studied my entire life, if I studied math, like if I love math, and anybody who knows me knows I'm not a numbers guy by any means, but say I spent my whole life just studying math and it was going to be my thing. I got really good at it. I felt great about it, but I never really took a math test to understood how much I knew. Mm-hmm. You'd never know how good you were at math. You wouldn't really know where you're missing out in your understanding of math, right? Mm-hmm. Like I took, you take tests in school. We test kids in all the time because we want to see what is it you're comprehending? What is it that you're understanding? How are you gaining all of this? Where are the gaps? Mm-hmm. And then recognizing where those gaps are tells us where we as teachers or as parents can come in and we can fill in and we can say, hey, let me help you understand this better so you can grow in your knowledge. You can grow in your understanding of that. Um, you'd never know you were good at math or bad at math unless you went through some sort of test or some sort of evaluation. We may not like the test. I hated math tests. I'm sure Job didn't love going through this test. But we're not the teachers. We're the learners in this story. So if we put ourselves in Job's shoes, God is the one who's in control, who knows all things. He's the one who's allowed to test us and say, hey, is your heart in the right place? Do you truly love me or do you love the stuff? God already knows with Job, right? He calls him a man righteous um, like no other. Satan's the one who's bringing in the question. And so God allows it um, so that Job can, maybe so Job can be these examples of the rest of us for all time or whatever it may be. Uh, but the reality is God knows more than us and he knows more about us. Like that's a crazy thought to think about at times too, that not only does God know more than us, but he actually knows more about us. He knows more about me than I know about me. He sees the inmost working of my hearts or my heart, knows everything that's in there. And so the, the beauty in, in Job losing everything is that he still chooses to trust God, right? He still says, proves that Satan is wrong and that God is right and that he showed his faith was not rooted in the blessings or the stuff, but other, it was rooted in truly having that genuine love for God. And so 
by God allowing that to happen, it's not unloving. Um, it's just that idea of it's testing of his faith in some ways of just saying, nope, let me show you. Job doesn't care about that stuff. He cares about me. So I can take all that stuff away and you'll see Job still loves me. And that's hard. That test is hard. Tests are difficult. But Job is passing the test by showing, nope, none of this matters. It's, it's getting into heaven and there'd be no streets of gold, no mansions, no whatever. And just God sitting on a throne and Job going, that's enough. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. That's my God. He can give. He can take away. I, it's not about me. It's about God. So I think the uh, the taking of of the kids is the hardest part, probably. And I think people struggle with that the most. Yeah. I mean, for people whose belief system goes to how could a loving God, which the idea of how could a loving God, that's mm-hmm. a different subject, I think. But mm-hmm. the idea of God letting good things, bad things happen to good people. Yep. You know, that's just, I think, something that keeps people away from church. Yeah. I mean, I and this story hits right at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, I mean, for a lot of people. I mean, for most people who you have any intellectual discussion with at all mm-hmm. that want to um, poo-poo Christianity, yeah. you know, that's one of the first things that they go to is, well, this loving God, <laughs> let's, how do kids end up with cancer? How do these right. types of things happen right. in God's world, which is... I don't know. You tell me what you think. I, to me, that seems like playing God, this idea that yeah. we somehow know better than God, right? which I think that goes back to the idea of being all in. When you are all in, in your faith in God, you're just, aren't we called to just accept God's will? Right. Not that it's not going to hurt. Right. You know? Yeah. But to know that he has a plan. Yeah. We're not him. Right. And, uh, and well, Rick says this all the time, it's a broken world. It's not God's plan yeah. for kids to end up with cancer. It's not. God doesn't put chemicals in the food. Right. You know, um, there's so much evil in the world nowadays that has broken everything that mm-hmm. that's our free will, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the beauty of the restoration that's to come, that as Christ followers, we look forward to that day when there is no more death, there is no more pain, there is no more tears, that, that there is no more... <sighs> cancer wing for children for crying out loud there is no more starving kids on the side of the road or um, neglect or abuse or any of those things like there's something about the innocence of kids Mm -hmm. right that really Really seems to hit us in a way Um, and yet I think the reality of Job losing his kids uh, and they're not I don't think they're young kids they're adults yeah like that's that is a thing to keep in mind for what it's worth Um, but this is really it's it's there to show how extreme like the demand for trusting in God is that it is it's it's everything it's the most extreme thing that you can probably take right like if job lost all of his money and he lost his house and he lost all that we'd be like man that's tough that's tough but when you read that last part that he lost his kids in an instant like that does hit different mm-hmm. and i think it's there on purpose and tested on purpose to show the faith of job and that job said no there is absolutely nothing in this world i desire more than god right absolutely nothing more and that is what God requires. And that's hard. That is a hard pill to swallow at times, right? Because we don't necessarily want to lose our kids. I don't want to lose my kids. I got another one coming on the way. I would be absolutely devastated if something happened to my unborn child and my wife. I couldn't imagine something happening and going home today and then being gone. My world would be rocked. I would be grieving like crazy. Um, And yet, God is still God. Because it's not about my situation. It's not about me. It's about God. It's about who God is that truly matters. Um, and a lot of times we have this error in, in our wiring um, that goes all the way back to the garden where we make more of who we are and less of who God is. Right? That was the first thing like Satan said. 
on there. Did God really say this? You know that you shouldn't eat the fruit. No, no, no. He didn't say that. He, you know, said you can't touch it. No, so on so forth. Basically, he was saying like, hey, um, no, no, no. God, God, that God really doesn't isn't that way. God doesn't want you to have this knowledge or power. Like Satan is diminishing who God is and inflating who Eve is in that moment, and we've been doing it ever since. Mm-hmm. We we diminish who God is. And we inflate who we are, that we're better than who we are. Uh, you know, the Bible says um, in another place that he's the potter and we're the clay. And I think that's a great analogy. He gets to mold and make as he wants. He's the supreme being of all intelligence and understanding. I'm clay. <laughs> I'm clay in comparison. You know what I mean? I'm the creation. He's the creator. And when we recognize who we are and who light in light of God, who God is, it will change things for us. It will change how you view the world. Mm-hmm. And you will probably, if you've never done it before, maybe that's the first time that you've ever truly worshipped, is that recognition that this is the God of the universe, and he doesn't exist for me. I exist because of him. It's his rules and his way. And when I understand that, it'll change everything for me. And the beautiful piece that's on top of that is not only is it his rules and his way, but he chooses to love me anyway. I don't know... Like if I, I had a computer that went haywire on me uh, a little while ago, I threw it away. I threw it away. I didn't, I didn't like, I'm going to go buy a new computer. I'm not going to spend the time to restore or work on that computer, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and yet we go haywire on God all the time as the creator. And he's consistently looking at us and going, all right, we're going to keep on working on this. I'm going to keep on working on this. I'm not done with it yet. I'm not done with it yet. I'm not done with it yet. Eventually the rejection can weigh out and I can say, no, God, I don't want you. I'm done. And he can say, okay, fine. Then I'm going to let you have what you want because mm-hmm. it's not me. So I will give you what you want. Life away from me. A life away from me. And you'll get that an eternity away from me. Mm-hmm. And you'll get all that it has in there. And you'll realize what you wanted was wrong all along. Yeah, it's a miserable place. It's a miserable place. Yeah. Huh. Well, <clears throat> those were our only two questions that, that we had for this yeah. week. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We should have recorded the half-hour conversation we had before we started this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, that went off on some tangents. So. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else that you would like to what, uh, preview next week? Anything else that you yeah. like to so, talk about? Yeah, well, so it keeps getting worse for Job next week. Rick will uh, actually be talking about that this coming Sunday um, from a physical aspect. But also, i got to talk to him today. I'm excited. He's got some cool creative stuff. Yeah. Um, if you haven't you know, been in a while, even if you, you're watching online, I'd be here. Um, because I think experiencing it in person is going to be a lot cooler than uh, being able to watch online. Don't get me wrong. We're happy that people watch online. It can be a part of it. Being here is just a different connection and a different mm-hmm. feel. Um, so check that out. Be a part of that. And then we've also got Lunch on the Lawn mm-hmm. coming up right afterwards. So another good reason to be here um, to get to meet it. Uh, elders are going to be out there uh, cooking up some food and stuff like that. We're going to put their skills to the test completely free. If you want to donate to it, great. If not, no worries whatsoever. Um, and then Scoopy Doos will be here. We can buy ice cream from them. They're right here in Duet and they've got great stuff. So, um, and then giant inflatable slides for kids. We actually rented some big inflatable things so that the kids can, uh, waste all of their energy and have great (laughs) Sunday naps. So you are welcome parents. We were thinking of you the whole time, but yeah, so worth it. Be here this Sunday. It's going to be great. All right, cool. Well, I appreciate it, Jake. Um, and that's all we've got for this week. Signing off.